Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, well, we're into a, a situation where lab scam continues to, uh, I call it percolate or fester, and this is where the liberals can't get a lid on it, and uh, it's just run away from them, uh, partly by their own doing, certainly, and uh, elsewise, because I guess reporters have been digging diligently into some stories that uh, have lent credence to the fact that Jody Wilson-Raybould was demoted because uh, she had a run-in with the prime minister over the issue of the DPA. And it turns out now that uh, it may have actually been something that predated that by as much as a year, if not more, had to do with the approval that Jody Wilson-Raybould sought uh, for a position of a, a judge out of Manitoba to the Supreme Court, or at least... That's one story that's been leaked anonymously. That's the game that's being played now, and uh, Anthony Fury would certainly know about it. He's one of those, uh, how do I say this reverentially, an ink-stained wretch with Sun Post Media, columnist and national comment editor. I hope I didn't offend Anthony. One of the kinder things that's been said about me of late, John. Hey, listen, so this Lavscam thing, uh, have you been noticing that uh, these stories that now... There are different narratives being spun. How do you unpack these things, or what's the filter you use to try to interpret what's going on? Yeah, I'm playing referee here. I'm issuing a whole lot of yellow cards on this, John, and Trudeau might find himself with a red card soon from from the people, from the voters on this. Uh, Look, day one when this first drops, what was it, February 7th, he gets up on the microphone, he says, this story is false. It is fake. Didn't happen. Uh Uh-uh. Nada. Okay, so fake news. And uh, Randy Bossano at the Justice Committee, he had called it fake news. He had used those very phrases, fishing expedition and so forth. So, okay, it's not true, folks. All right, fine. Then we have those testimonies from JWR and Phil Pott and uh, from Wernick and, and from uh, Jerry Butts. And then they kind of backtrack and they realize, well, all right, it, it happened. It just wasn't illegal. It was lawful advocacy. Oh, so it did happen now. Okay. The people still aren't happy, so then they start floating these trial balloons. I mean, John, it is, it is really unbelievable. First, you find that Jane Philpott and JWR are difficult. So, you know, you know those women, they, they go to the bathroom together, they gossip together, those type of women. Ah, they're so difficult. And people go, excuse me? They're offended by that. It's not working. Then we get all these different ideas being floated. This one about the judge, where Trudeau learned she wanted to install a judge, and he had these odd views on, on the charter. He believed in individual rights over group rights. That must mean he's a chronic homophobe. And, you know, Trudeau, he's always saving us from all those evil conservatives. So they were trying to, like, roll three things into one on this. I I mean, John, I'm I'm losing focus on all of this stuff here. And maybe that's the point. It's like a shock and awe campaign. We're supposed to forget what the original story is because of all these other horrible stories. It's like the Vietnam thing. you got to burn the village down to save it. (laughs) Right. Well, uh, but don't you perceive that there's been a pivot that's taking place uh, in the public discourse? And some of that, I guess, is being done through these anonymous sources seeding the media. And lately, it seems like there's uh, this concerted effort to discredit Jody Wilson-Raybould and Jane Philpott. 
Yeah, and, and I'm not surprised that it's about discrediting them because this whole issue is about credibility. We have a he said, she said situation where we've got JWR in her testimony, which was full of a lot of detail, and she says she's got documentary evidence, and I believe that's what she's handed over uh, to the committee just yesterday. They're translating it right now because you got to have it in both official languages before anyone on the committee can read it. The public will get it, so we're going to see that. We're going to see uh, not not proof and evidence that the conversations took place. They weren't videotaped or audio recorded, but that she took notes right after they happened. And those are going to be timestamped notes, I guess. She'll, you know, show that she wrote it down on her phone or whatever. Michael Wernick and Jerry Butts, they can't do that. They're not going to have that evidence. Maybe they will, but they didn't act like they had it. So credibility is the issue. And when we're talking about a he said, she said, I, I, and when it amounts to obstruction of justice, I mean, John, there are there are court cases over he said, she said on white collar crime, on sexual assault on all these different things. So these kind of things do go to court and credibility is what becomes the deciding factor for the jury and for the judge and so on. So that's why they're trying to undermine her credibility because it's they can't get her on facts. They got to get her on everything else. And she's making her submissions. Uh, these are the written materials, the text and the emails and such. Uh, I guess by tomorrow, they'll be uh, part of the uh, whatever the record there with the uh, the ethics committee, correct? Yeah, Lisa Raitt was telling Alex Pearson just last night that she anticipates that they will be available for the public, for all of us, by tomorrow night. So we'll get to pour over them as well. Yeah, Lisa Raitt was telling me a few days back that she uh, believes that the caucus will kick these two women out by next week. Sometime next week, they'll do the dirty work for Justin Trudeau. Do you subscribe to that? It could happen, but that's where I think things are going to get ugly because there's a lot of people on board in the Liberal caucus who are probably not crazy about Justin Trudeau, and quite frankly, probably never will. One of the greatest and perhaps worst things he's done at the same time is Trudeau got some really brilliant people to run for him in 2015. They quit their fantastic jobs to run for the Liberal Party. He really convinced them. I don't know how he did it, because it was the third party at the time. They win. They get this staggering majority. Some of them are in cabinet. And you look at the resumes of these guys. I mean, I know Bill Morneau, he's not exactly considered a paragon of balanced budgets these days, but the stuff he was doing, the stuff Harjit Sajjan was doing, you go, wow, these are, these are truly great people. And then you look at the resume of the prime minister and you go, these great people are taking orders from this guy. And as all this stuff starts to chalk up, I think these people are going, what, what am I doing? Like I left my great life for a job that, you know, a lot of them took a big pay cut and they're against the ropes all the time, they're probably not even implementing things that they personally want to be implementing. So these two women come forward, and they got great resumes, Wilson, Ray, Bold, and Phil Pot, and they're doing something that, I mean, John, everyone says, is she trying to become prime minister? Is she this and that? It, to me, it seems like she is just standing on a matter of principle, because that's what her track record and her character seems to suggest. She's standing up on that. Everybody else like them, those people with great resumes, they're not going to suddenly turf her. They're not going to cut their kneecaps out from under them. So it could happen, and it could really backfire on the PM. Yeah. Well, it looks like there's an attempt, certainly, uh, through anonymous sources to do that character assassination thing. But let's come back and talk about another shoe, potentially, that could drop and uh, really do some serious damage, if not be the coup de grace, before an election. Anthony Fury is with us on the line, SunPost Media columnist and national comment editor. And we'll also talk about something uh, very ominous and near and dear to Anthony's heart. We'll cover all of that in the moments ahead. The Liberal Fortunes are starting to tank, and in large measure because of LAV scam, if we can call it that, the SNC-Lavalin scandal. Uh, but there is, and by the way, uh, 
Justin Trudeau's personal popularity or approval is below that of Donald Trump, uh, which might put it in sharp relief. However, uh, on this matter of the SNC-Lavalin scandal, there is perhaps another shoe to drop and uh, with even more dire consequences. Anthony, I want you to speak to the case about Vice Admiral Mar- Mark Norman and uh, how this one is potentially uh, the real damage to the Liberals. Why do you, do you feel that way? Yeah, John, this is a story that the public interest in it keeps on mounting. That's what I wrote my column a few days ago, because I was up at the Manning Conference, that sort of gathering of big tent conservatives. General Rick Hillier, who's not a, a conservative activist by any means, he was up there on stage and doing a Q&A and making a speech. And he said, Vice Admiral Mark Norman is a personal hero of mine. I would stand by him anytime. I posted that on social media, on Twitter. Anytime I write anything about Mark Norman, it goes viral. And that's not to compliment me. That's to compliment the issue. It's just people just latch onto it. There's a GoFundMe campaign right now to raise for his legal defense. It is believed to be uh, the single largest uh, private defense fund, legal defense fund for anyone ever. You just got regular people contributing 25 bucks, 50 bucks to this guy. The essence of it, he's facing one criminal charge for breach of trust over what? Well, back in 2015, Justin Trudeau gets in, and I guess he doesn't like a shipbuilding deal that Stephen Harper has signed or or gotten very far along in progress. He wants to switch it over. The news gets leaked to the media, and this is very embarrassing for Trudeau because he wanted to switch it around. And then they realize, oh, maybe we can't actually do all of this. And I guess he's irate. He goes, find out who's behind this leak. They want to determine that it's Mark Norman. He gets suspended for a year without any reason, John. This is the head of the Navy. And he's just sitting at home doing nothing for a year. Finally, he gets this criminal charge against him. He says he hasn't done it. And to add salt in the wound, even if he had done it, John, a leak, a leak. Mm. Heavens, what were we just talking about in the last segment? News about Labscam, all of which is leaked, probably by people who are buddies with the prime minister. And yet you remove the head of the Navy from his post and you put him through court where he is now remortgaging him and his family's home to pay his legal bills. This has outraged many Canadians. And analogous to the SNC-Lavalin thing, uh, the charge here is political interference on the part of the Prime Minister's office, certainly by Mark Norman's defense team. Uh, so if this was something that, and because they're also denying him access, I guess, to certain documents, are they not? Yeah, exactly. Jerry Butts got all the documents he needed from the PMO to mount his, his testimony there at the committee. Mark Norman is really having to fight and use every, every legal thing uh, possible. When you add all this together, John, it's, it's, it's really troubling. And I read my weekend column about being broader sort of cultural ramifications as a result of all of this. You got Labscam, where it's alleged the prime minister said, yeah, don't go after this company. I like these people. Drop the prosecution. With Norman, you hear, well, go after this guy because he, he ticks me off. So boot this Navy guy out, uh, sick the cops on him, charge him. Hold on a second, John, this is not stuff That happens in Canada. There are people who leave other countries and come to Canada because they don't want to have to look over their backs about this sort of stuff. It is generally not typical. That one goes, you know, I don't like that commentary those guys were doing on the radio the other day. I'm going to wager there's something wrong with their taxes. Let's, uh, you know, let's give them a little whirl around and, and give them a rough ride on all of that. I mean, this is kind of nasty stuff that happens in like South American countries and Eastern European countries where politicians are sent to jail for it if these things are true and that we have had a few examples of this. So it's really taking Canada in a troubling direction. And that's ultimately why I feel these stories do matter. Well, you're right. I mean, uh, and the idea that this would might uh, be analogous to uh, the whole thing with Labscam because of interference from the PMO, obviously, will have uh, 
further consequences, which might explain, too, why, as you say, the public's uh, dialing into this Mark Norman case, as they have certainly with the SNC-Lavalin case. Uh, so it's the double whammy and Justin Trudeau's fortunes, uh, as I Keep pointing out, and uh, Daryl Bricker from Ipsos is going to join us shortly after the news at the top of the hour. Uh, the results are not good. His personal approval has dropped below that of Donald Trump. Now, when we cite Donald Trump, too, there's an interesting story. I know you've written in uh, the past your book, Pulse Attack, has to do with uh, electromagnetic pulses that can knock out the electrical grid and do some serious damage. It may just be, uh, you know, the vanguard of the next war. Uh, Donald Trump signed an order earlier this week to look into that matter. Tell us about it. Yeah, he signed an executive order calling for research, study, and action on the issue. He gave the Homeland Security Secretary 90 days for her to come up with a list of the critical infrastructure in the country that will need to be protected. And then they got to get on protecting it, make it resilient against an EMP weapon. That, that could happen uh, naturally. It's called a solar flare just from the sun. One devastated the Earth back in 1859. Good thing there just wasn't all that much uh, electronics on Earth to get blown up by it. If it happened now, and NASA says there's about a 12% chance of it happening every decade, which, I mean, is low odds, but still not very good odds. I mean, way better odds than winning the lottery, so that's worrisome. Or it could happen from a nuclear device detonated atmospherically. Uh, North Korea, John, when they did their last uh, nuclear test back in 2017, Kim Jong-un said... Great. I'm so happy this succeeded. We can now do EMPs, which is part of our strategic plan. So there's people talking about doing this, and right now North America is vulnerable to it. Well, it's something that uh, certainly needs to be discussed. I know you've addressed it extensively. Your book is Pulse Attack. It's still out there and available, and, uh, you know, it's always deserving of consideration. All these great topics uh, that you've covered off here in a nutshell. Appreciate your time very much, as always, Anthony, and uh, we'll continue to stoke the fires. Thank you. Have a good one, John. You got it. Anthony Fury again from SunPost Media, as well as uh, being a columnist. He's a national comment editor. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.